0: From the Cyber Hub Bunker in Studio, you're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Top of the morning to all y'all security gang, and welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast Practitioner Brief. James Azar here with the latest. It's Tuesday, December 13th, 2022, what many of you will call the December Patch Tuesday or the last Patch Tuesday of this year. Now we'll have more on that later, uh, either today, tomorrow, I'll be kind of sharing a bunch of stuff. So tune into our Twitter page and our LinkedIn page as stuff comes out tomorrow morning. We'll do an entire show as I typically do on Wednesdays after patch Tuesday, talking about the whole slew of patches that come out, but no one uh, is is as excited for patch Tuesday as the vulnerability management team and risk team who are uh, enjoying their cup of coffee this morning um, and getting ready for a chaotic December um, as we get ready to address all of those challenges. Before we get into this morning's program, though, there's my double espresso. Whatever y'all are drinking this morning, I hope you enjoy it. Coffee cup, cheers. I want to kick off this morning's show with Fortinet shipping an emergency patch for already exploited VPN flaws. Yesterday, v, uh, Fortinet issued an emergency patch to cover a severe vulnerability in its 40OS SSL VPN product, Warning that attackers have already exploited the flaw in the wild. The critical level advisory from Fortinet describes the bug as a memory corruption that allows a remote unauthenticated attacker to launch harmful code or execute commands on a target system. The heap-based buffer overflow vulnerability in the 40OS SSL VPN may allow a remote unauthenticated attacker to execute arbitrary code or commands via specially crafted requests. Underscoring the urgency, Fortinet has warned that it's already being abused in the wild and are asking... All of their customers to patch immediately. This is being tracked to CVE 2022 4247. And you want to make sure you get this addressed with your teams right away. We'll move to our second story this morning where an Uber data leak is now following a breach from a third party vendor. The information, which apparently seems to be belonging to Uber, has leaked online. The source of the data is likely a third party IT vendor. A user with the moniker Uber leaks made public on a hacker form about a 600 megabyte archive file, allegedly containing 20 million records of data coming from the Uber systems and analysis done shows source code, internal task management information encryption keys and over a dozen documents, each containing hundreds of thousands of Uber. One spreadsheet named report contains what appears to be a list of more than 6,000, empl- 16,000 employee names and email addresses. Another spreadsheet named users contains the emails Names, email addresses, and employee ID of over 5,000 people. A very small archive file allegedly associated with the Uber Eats food delivery platform was also leaked by the same user, but it only appears to have test data. Uber confirmed in September that a threat actor had accessed internal tools after an external contractor's account was compromised. Um, however, th- this one seems to be uh, attributed to uh, TechTivity, I believe, software provider Um Noting that the uh, attacker also leaked an 18 megabyte and a 25 megabyte archive file allegedly containing data associated with Tectivity and travel management company trip actions. These archives appear to contain source code as well. According to Tectivity, uh, the investigation is ongoing, but so far it has confirmed that the exposed file includes device information such as serial number, make and model, and technical specs, as well as user information, including first and last name, work, email addresses, work location details, the firm says it doesn't collect PII like home addresses, government identification numbers or banking information. This is still getting investigated obviously, but not good news for Uber. Twitter's also confirming that the uh, data leak over the weekend is actually from something they've reported in 2021. Twitter confirmed that the recent leak of millions of members profiles including private phone numbers and email addresses was the same data breach disclosed in August of 2022. Twitter says its incident response team analyzed the user data leaked in November of 2022 and confirms it was collected using the same vulnerability before it was fixed in January of 2021. Um, As soon as we became aware of the news, Twitter IR team compared the data in the new report to data reported by the media. The comparison determined that the exposed data was the same in both cases. So nothing new there, just someone potentially trying to uh, use the uh, popularity and the fact that Twitter is obviously in the headlines um, to try to capitalize on old data and and potentially get someone to pay them for it. VMware is dealing with a new Python malware that backs door into their VMware ESXi servers for remote access. The undocumented Python backdoor targeting VMware ESXi servers has been spotted enabling attackers to execute commands remotely on a compromised system. The virtualization platform commonly used in enterprise to to host numerous servers on one device while using CPU and memory resources more effectively. The new backdoor was discovered by Juniper Network researchers who found the backdoor on a VMware ESXi server. However, they could not determine how the server was compromised due to limited log retention. They believe the server may have been compromised using CVE-2019 Nineteen five five four four or 20, 20, 3, three nine or nine or two. The vulnerabilities in the Open SLP service within ESXI. The new Python backdoor adds seven lines inside one of the few ESXI files that survive between reboots and is executed at startup. Usually, the file is empty apart from an advisory comment and an exit statement. One of those line launches a Python script saved as store uh, um, slash packages slash VM tools uh, s- dot py. In a directory that stores vm disk images logs and more the script name and location makes juniper networks believes that the malware operators intended to target vmware esxi servers specifically um and so um something to keep in mind here to the mitigation at the moment is the following um to determine if the backdoor has impacted your servers check for existence of the files mentioned above and the additional lines in the local.sh file. All configuration files that persist reboots should be scrutinized for suspicious changes and reverse to correct settings. Finally, admins should restrict all incoming network connections to trusted hosts. So um, keep that in mind and something to add on your already, already busy uh, Tuesday here. The DOJ has announced the arrest of... Four individuals for their alleged role in a fraud scheme targeting businesses, banks, and individuals. The four indi- individuals, Joel Zubade, David Gorin, uh, Julian Rebega, and Martin Mizrahi are charged with defrauding victims of more than $9.2 million and laundering the proceeds in an indictment unsealed last week's last week, sorry, according to the indictment between April and June, the four defendants participated in at least three fraud operations including at least two business email compromise schemes as part of these attacks that offended targeted employees in charge of making payments on behalf of their businesses with fraudulent email messages that asked them to make wire transfers to bank accounts under their control. Victims of the BEC were tricked into sending $5.4 million to bank accounts controlled by the scheme participants. Most of the funds were transferred to the defendant's bank accounts, seeking to conceal the source of the proceeds. The defendant transferred the funds to other accounts or converted the money to crypto The four are also charged with participating in a scheme to fraudulently submit over $3.8 million in charges using stolen credit card information, using point-of-sale systems associated with firms that Mizrahi and Rebega controlled. The defendants were also charged with wire fraud, bank fraud, conspiracy to commit money laundering, money laundering, and aggravated identity theft. This is obviously going on on the list of people who've been prosecuted over the last several weeks by the Department of Justice. Finally, the final defense bill has a bunch of cybersecurity provisions, a great rundown of those. So, the 2023 National Defense Authorization Act has $850 billion in funding. Uh, the bill authorizes a $44.1 million funding boost for Cyber Command's Hunt Forward missions, that's cyber personnel that's been deployed to Ukraine, Lithuania, and Croatia. Um, the measure would also codify in a law the State Department's Cybersecurity Bureau, which launched earlier this year and is helmed by the first Senate-confirmed cyber ambassador. The legislation also directs the defense secretary to provide lawmakers with an annual briefing about the relationship between Cyber Command and the NSA. The NDAA would also create an assistant secretary of defense for cyber policy position at the Pentagon, something this administration had previously objected to. The bill also provides Cyber Command new powers to conduct offensive digital operations with presidential approval in response to an active, systematic, and ongoing attack against the U.S. So this is... Active cyber defense at this point in offensive operations, preemptive operations. The policy roadmap directs the intel community to maintain a detailed list of foreign spyware vendors that pose a potential counter-intel th- uh, threat to the U.S. and grants the Office of uh, DNI, the Director of National Intelligence, the power to prohibit spy agencies from using or purchasing such software. It also mandates a biennial, benign- unclassified report through 2032 election cycle on cyber commands election security efforts, notably cut was a proposal to designate systematically important entities to the most vital us critical infrastructure that would have required operators to enact strong digital security standards and share threat intel with government in return for federal support. This was part of the cyberspace solarium commission recommendation that did not make it into this bill. That's it for our show this morning. Tomorrow we'll be back to cover everything going on on uh, patch Tuesday. Good morning Nabob. top of the morning as well. And thank you. Happy holidays to all just, few days from hanukkah a few short days from christmas and hopefully nothing crazy happens in this time period we'll bite our tongues um, so that everyone can enjoy a holiday this year thank you all for tuning in please make sure to subscribe and follow us on your favorite podcast listening platform and on your favorite social media platforms Till tomorrow have a great rest of your day and stay cyber safe